Sometimes you need to get knocked down before you can really figure out what your, what your fight is. To activate the real passion and purpose that God predestined inside of you. Purpose crosses disciplines. It is the reason you are on the planet at this particular time in history. Your very existence is wrapped up in the things you are here to fulfill. Now, this is your time. <laughs> on August 28, 2020, the world went into mourning with the tragic news of actor Chadwick Boseman's passing at the age of just 43, following a private battle with colon cancer. All of us here at the Crawley Gaming community would like to dedicate this show to the man who brought, among others, the Black Panther to our screens in such a fantastic way. Thank you for doing those characters justice, and we hope you rest in peace. Wakanda forever. What's up, meeples? On today's show, we channel our inner John Hammond as we play Dinogenics and the first expansion, Control Chaos. We give you a rundown of the expansion and its components, what it brings to the game, and if it's actually worth including in yours. Along with all your weekly news and Kickstarter campaigns, this is the podcast with Crawler Game Community. What's up guys, my name is Jason. And I'm Ian. And we are two game club organisers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming. So pop the kettle on, grab a brew, and let's get down to this week's episode. That's right, and we're going to get down, we're going to dive in, as we are going aquatic with Controlled Chaos, the first expansion for Dinogenics. Dinogenics is one of my favourite games. I absolutely have loved this for a long time. And it's one of the earlier games that I got Jason to play, but, you know, back when we first started um getting involved with each other's groups it was indeed we both have a love of dinosaurs as we uh, as we all know by this point dinogenics is essentially it's a park building game build your own jurassic park basically yep there are two very similar games that ironically came out at very similar times um both kick-started back in 2018 i believe and i was actually lucky enough dinogenics was supposed to be launch at the same time as another game that i, I now own called dinosaur island and they delayed the Kickstarter because they didn't want two of two very similar games. I was going to say two of the same, but they are very different games, but two similar themed games trying to compete with each other. Yeah, it just didn't make sense, really, because, you know, they, they were both, you know, not on the cheaper side of games. Um, and it probably would have been a bit much to get the people that were undoubtedly going to like the theme of both to either have to choose or spend out that kind of money in one month so yeah so i was quite lucky i came across dinogenics on kickstarter after dinosaur island had finished um and i bought that game and i absolutely loved it to bits out of the two if i had to pick a favorite i'm always going to pick dinogenics each of the dinosaurs in the original game and even in the expansion are completely different from each other behave differently different to require acquire Whereas Dinosaur Island had a sort of... The original base game had a problem of... You had large carnivores, small carnivores, and herbivores. And it didn't really make much difference on which particular dinosaur you had. It was just different requirements yeah. to get them. They did the same points, the same 
dangers that sort of thing whereas dinogenics everything is unique you know your t-rex is going to be completely different from a spinosaurus or a velociraptor they, they all have different risks and rewards that go with them yeah without a doubt um so dinogenics is a game from ninth haven games it's for one to five players uh ages 14 and up it's meant to take about 90 minutes so i reckon it's probably a little bit over that uh but it is basically it's a worker placement and hand management game so you collect dna of the different dinosaurs they have an amount of each of them that you have to have it averages at about three per dinosaur um, and each dinosaur has three requ- oh, four requirements they're a carnivore they require food um, they give victory points they give reputation which determines who each players go first and they have um, paddock sizes so each dinosaur requires certain size paddocks again using the t-rex as the example it needs a three space paddock you don't necessarily have to have three empty spaces or anything like that, but one T-Rex must be in a paddock of at least three squares big. But you can also have three T-Rexes in that same paddock. You know, it's yeah, it's just the base size, isn't it, for for that species? Yeah, um, and you can't, with the exceptions, unless they say on the dinosaurs themselves that different species cannot share the same pen either. Um, this, if none of these requirements are met, this results in um, the dinosaurs breaking out and destroying your park, which is and great fun. Eating the guests and as each you other, would expect. <laughs> and each other for that matter. Yes, destroying your hotels and any other luxury facilities that you have built in your lovely park so that's the base premise of the dinogenics base game uh, but what we're going to focus on today is the brand new expansion that has only just come out really it was delivered to us about a month or so ago yeah. i think at this point we finally had a time to to get around the table and actually check these things out play the game and see how how it felt so first impressions from yourself ian how, how did you find it how do you find the quality of the new stuff just you know without going into too much detail so i was impressed so the expansion is called dinogenics controlled chaos and what it brings to the table is it brings mostly aquatic dinosaurs um you get a new expansion to the board a site b as it were um i think it's called site d actually um, Site D, yes yeah because um so new ways of collecting dna in the game which was definitely well received you've got ways to get neutral dna as well that you can use as part of a set so for example a um brachiosaurus requires four cards to so you can use one of these neutral dna things which were called there are tokens Uh, so you've got the uh, refined dna tokens and the polymorphic dna so they can be used as part of any set as long as you have at least one card from the original set which that's got to be the best thing with this game I, I will be honest like when we started when we really started using the new stuff that to me came across as a major game changer especially yeah. for those really high cost uh, dinos from the original set and even the new set you know because you've obviously started introducing things like the megalodon uh, for the aquatic creatures and yeah having that extra way of getting DNA definitely helped other things that it brought to the table I was very impressed with there are expanded park facilities so your player board normally has 12 spaces for amenities and 12 spaces for park um, construction each of those spaces is always filled by one thing so as we were said about the paddock size it can so you know it's x amount of spaces this new expansion has double space requirements so you can expand things even more now yes Um, high risk high reward and it brought specialists into the game, which are a new mechanic that allows you to get basically workers, official workers in your park that give you bonuses. 
but obviously they're quite expensive to obtain whilst you're playing the game yeah and those bonuses as well they're, they're not all going to be active throughout the entire game some of them have end game bonuses some of them have only gameplay bonuses and some of them have a mixture of the two yeah. so there's it really does change up the gameplay and you know you could be technically losing the game but one of those specialists could give you um, you know a, a load of victory points at the end of the game and could turn the uh, turn the tide Yep, and the other thing of note is once again they have hit the mark with their artwork, both base game and the expansion. The artwork is fantastic. You could frame that and put that on a wall, and it wouldn't look out of place. I've got to admit, I, I've been very tempted to do that myself, especially with the uh, the Control Chaos front box art. It is absolutely gorgeous. I think we're it's the uh, is it the Mos- Mosasaurus that's yeah. on that on the front. So base game's the Rex and the. Um, Controlled Chaos expansion is the Mosasaurus. Yes. Yeah. So really nice box art. It's. I mean, the box itself is a nice sturdy box as well. One one thing that I think we always will note when it comes to Dynogenics, it's hard to get the original base game in its box, let alone add in expansions as well. <laughs> I have somehow managed to do do that. I'm not really sure myself. It, it's um, mostly in there. Yeah. The box is a tad wonky. Yeah. Yeah. It is leaning out a little bit. So uh, some designing of a box insert may well happen in the coming weeks to try and fit that all in one box. So the new expansion introduces a new board which sits alongside of the main board that comes in the base game. We've touched on them a little bit. There's certain sections on there where you would place your workers. We're going to run through those a little bit now and what each section does. First and foremost, the new species that come to the game. There are seven new species of dino that are introduced into this game. Most of them are aquatic, but there are a couple of land-based dinos as well. And another thing that we didn't actually experience, uh, didn't have the chance to experience because the cards never came out, was they've also introduced dinosaur elites into the game, and there's four of those. The first section on the new board is to actually acquire the DNA of the new dinos, the new aquatic dinos, which is Site D, as Ian mentioned. That is basically the same as the original game in the marketplace. You would go and buy dino DNA. That's essentially the same for Site D. Then you have the Intelligent Labs, which is where you can refine DNA. This allows you to, as we said before, you can gain tokens that can be used to spend, be spent as any DNA um, when you're cashing in for a dinosaur as long as you have at least one co- one copy of the original dinosaur in hand a good point that the rules make for this the Gallimimus, the new, one of the new dinosaurs um, has the option if you already have a Gallimimus, you only need one copy of the card to buy a new, another one you cannot use the refined DNA because it doesn't you know because you, you wouldn't get the bonus because you don't already have the DNA card to go yeah. with it yeah, so very very good design choice of uh, of wording on that on that. Yeah, card. they've thought about this very well. Yeah. So another section is the intelligent industries. This is where you would go to purchase all of your large facilities that Ian was talking about just now. So there are eleven new large facilities in the game, plus your aquatic habitats. Obviously, the aquatic habitats are self-explanatory. If you want to have an aquatic animal you need to have a habitat that it can go in you can't just stick a megalodon out in the middle of a field i learned something new today (laughs) 
the uh, the facilities obviously each one will give you different things some of them are a hotel resort which just enables you to hold more guests in your park thus earning more and still um, extra visitors to your guests if you use particular spaces on the board indeed yes I had forgotten about that uh, and some of them as well will just give you extra money some of them will give you just victory points so they've all got a, a wide range to them and what they do throughout the game my favourite one that we did see get quite a lot of use was the airport. Um, this allowed you to use any space, uh, basically use the outsource space without having to pay any money to do so. And yeah, it was a personal uh, space for yourself to do yeah, that as well. Yeah, without a doubt. And that really did come into, uh, come into effect during that game. <clears throat> so moving on to the next space on the new board, which is the underground network this is where you find your specialist workers that we were talking about uh, and they again they are purchasable but instead of purchasing with in-game credits and money they are purchased using manipulation cards so you don't use your money but you and you will end up having to use your manipulation cards there's two sections in that underground section there is three spaces where you can purchase using your manipulation cards and then the very fourth space as they move along the track, they essentially become more expensive as they become independent contractors. In that very last space, it costs you the amount that it asks for in manipulation cards plus two of your game credits. And the one final section of the new board is called Open Ocean. Um, essentially, it is what you expect it is. There's a chance for you to chance your luck by rolling a couple of the dice to try and catch a wild dinosaur and that's uh, that's the new board the game also includes several brand new individual um tiles to add to the bag for the main deck the, my favorite one of these again was one called stockpile it's a one use tile that gives no points but it for three money it gives you a goat two standard dna cards and two fences so it's a huge saving so we got those we got, as we said earlier, the new dinosaurs and we got some new breaking news cards to completely change the game as well. So there's plenty more that this now adds and variety to the game. So much new stuff added into an already great game. And just to put the cherry on the top, the game also comes with seven solo scenarios, which is quite a good extra you know adding single player modes to a lot of board games gives them extra use when you can't you know like we've spent a month trying to find the time to play this yeah so that's always a bonus and then i have to be the one to introduce this as well there's a co-op mode for two players we all know how much i love my co-op games and now one of my favorite games has a co-op mode but i was so excited to see that they had actually come up with a co-op game it is a shame that it's only for two players but as we haven't had a chance to sit down and play that co-op version yet we can't really comment on as, as to why it's only two players but i have a feeling there will be a reason for it yeah but i'm looking forward to trying to find out yeah and i will definitely be hitting up those uh, seven solo campaigns as well so expect a, a bit more information on that in the future uh, we won't go into as much depth with that because obviously you're finding out most of the information now okay let's talk about what we really thought about the game our own personal opinions on how the game went how we think the expansion changed the game uh for the good or the bad i would like to start things off yep if i may it, I, i'm i'm gonna start off with the one and only 
little niggle I can possibly pick up on in this entire game. And talking to yourself, I have a feeling that we we might have hit upon the reason that this has happened. The new aquatic dice that the game comes with, I just feel that they don't have quite the amount of quality of the original dice from the base game, purely because they're not engraved. Whereas the original dice games just came sort of indented, they were engraved, it, it just had that little extra to it. Ian did hit upon, I think, that maybe the original dice was a Kickstarter exclusive or something along those lines. So it doesn't change the gameplay it's not to say those dice are bad quality because they really aren't. They roll amazingly. They feel good, you know. So just a, the tiniest little niggle complaint, and that's only from me, really. And I'm going to throw one other one in there. And again, this is nitpicking for the sake of it to a degree. Um, and that is, this was already a huge game. It fills up the table. We played a three-player game, and we ran out of room. Yeah. When we added another board to the side of the already huge main board, I happened to be sitting on the other other side of the table to the new expansion board. So I actually played the playthrough we did almost as like the original game with just more added into it, which I thoroughly enjoyed. But it took me a while to realise what some of the extra bits and pieces did. And it's my own fault for not getting off my bum and actually going and have a look. And I struggled to realise how good some of the actual options available to us were. So by the time I twigged, I think I missed out. You know, I could have missed some extra points in the game. And it was a very close game. Yeah, which which actually we, we can cover, really, because I went heavy into the new stuff. Ian, as he said, tended to stick more to the older style, the uh, the original stuff on the original game. I did win the game, but not by much. Ian was hot on my heels. So it does just show how, we- how well balanced the new stuff is compared to the old stuff. Yeah, see, I was quite lucky when we started the game with my opening DNA cards that I got and the first ones I drew. I ended up with a pair of Rexes and a pair of Ankylosaurus that were you know and again this is my own fault for not realizing about the refined dna options so i spent a while trying to get into the game whilst um jason and our friends started to buy in you know with the smaller dinosaurs and i set myself up and then waited a little while and then right at the end of the game i had two manipulation cards of the same that would allow me to clone someone else's dinosaurs or get mutants and i managed to roll the mutants on both rolls <laughs> we worked out if i'd one got either of those rolls to copy the dinosaurs i'd have actually taken the lead on the points at that point you would have done you would have done indeed so yeah really well balanced um just shows shows uh Shows how it should be, kids. You need to read the rules. <laughs> True, but it also shows, <laughs> as, you, as you rightly pointed out, how well balanced both expansion and the get base game are. You know, I almost played for half the game as if the expansions didn't exist and survived and came through. Yep. And you charged your way through them instead. So I find that fascinating because a lot of games are either made or break broken by what's added and thrown at them. And this doesn't feel at all like it's been expanded for the sake of it everything added has made has been there for a reason yeah it's almost as if they actually designed this expansion side by side it's almost as if it was part of the original game and they just sort of cut the board off you know it really it just blends so nicely really really does it also makes me quite excited there's still i mean even if they are a lot of the dinosaurs mentioned are the ones you know everyone knows from seeing all of the jurassic park films and stuff there's still plenty more even of those that we haven't seen yet oh yeah so there is so much more they can do with this game again without it feeling like it's swamping it because you got to be careful the more you add the harder it is to do 
anything. Yeah. But I think they balance that really well because it doesn't sound like seven new dinosaurs is a lot, but only two of them go into the original deck of cards and all the rest go into a brand new option on the other island. So. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When you buy into expansions and games, one of the things that always concerns me is how difficult is it going to become to teach that game? How difficult is it going to be to learn the new rules? And I am happy to say that learning the new additions to this game was so easy. And I know I could have probably introduced someone brand new to the game and include this expansion and they would have no difficulty understanding it or thinking that there was too many new rules so really well balanced like we said but also a fantastic integration into an already established game yeah and i do agree just like the game in general dinogenics as a whole has done a very good job of keeping for what's quite a complex game you know worker placements can be and knowing what's available to you can be complex they just try and keep things as really simple and crystal clear as they can. You know, there are some cards in there. There'll be some specialists. There'll be some of the um, tiles um, in the game that can sound a bit confusing. And must be one sort of vague negative is the reference sheets are like the holy grail of this game because looking at some of the tiles, it's not obvious what they actually do yeah. when they're sitting there. But they give you a really clear precise way of saying it on yeah, both the reference sheets and they're they're substantially larger than the actual tiles as well so that if, you know if i actually really like this because i know quite a few people that do struggle to read small text on things like cards and stuff like that so to actually have an expanded uh reference sheet that clearly clarifies what all of these things do that to me was great it was nice to have it at the one end of the table so that everyone could see it you yeah, know and agreed. you wouldn't have to constantly be asking someone to read out Oh, what does this one do? What does this one do? What does this one do? Um, and it's the same because obviously that same reference sheet gives you what the dinosaurs give you as well. You know, how many victory points? How many goats do they need to eat? You know, that kind of thing. One nice option they could have done, or two different options to do with this. We have a reference sheet for the expansion and a reference sheet for the base game. However, they have dinosaurs on one side for each and the facilities on the other. What would have been nice if the expansion had given you an option to have just reference sheet that has all of the dinosaurs on it yeah. and a reference sheet for all of the facilities and more than one reference sheet in general. Yeah, I would We're, gladly have paid a few extra pounds just to have, you know, one reference sheet per player or, or, or even two. Just you know, a couple. One so, for each end of the table. Yeah, especially for such a big game. Again, we sort of joked around that Jason was hoarding all of the reference sheets so we couldn't actually tell what the stuff in the corner he hidden away from the expansion actually did. So I think that might have been why he won. <laughs> He's figured out my evil plan. <laughs> Ian touched on a little bit there that the gameplay area is gigantic. Dinogenics as a base game is a big game. He is quite right in saying that. And adding another board into that only adds to, to the gameplay area. Now, we played on a six foot by four foot table and the table was full. And we were playing a three player game. At a push, we may have been able to get a fourth player in, but then it would have felt very uncomfortable. You know, things would have been falling over. So yeah, if if you have never played Dynagenics and you are looking at getting it, please do bear in mind, this is a big footprint game. It pains me to say it because I love the artwork on this game. The main board is designed as, you know, looking like a Jurassic Park island with lots of lovely artwork behind everything. It could be condensed down, but you'd lose that charm from it. 
yeah in doing so but i do wonder if they go forward with any other expansions for this game making the worker placement sections as little to- you know cardboard tokens yeah. you can place on the main board maybe more beneficial yeah. to space i think that's one thing that dinosaur island did uh slightly differently over uh dinogenics wasn't it is you still had all the same you know the same things that you can buy same things you can do however there was no beautiful artwork of an island you know to spread out over a nice big board it was all condensed down nicely into one small board uh with small sections to put your meeples on it was, but then Dinosaur Island struggles the issue if you've got four boards for four t- four parts of your turn. Yeah. So it still has a huge footprint just spread it out. It does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's still a huge footprint for, for what it is. Um, so, you know, if you could have, like, the the super love child of the two, <laughs> you know, so... Uh, or a modular board. Yeah. So you can spread the board out across the table. Yeah. Uh, but again, niggly little bits. That's just us nitpicking. Um, and just knowing that your average players don't they don't have a six foot by four foot board you know table in their house wow. so yeah it, you might have a big dining table though yeah. but again we are reviewing so we are looking for both the good and the bad from all of this yeah. and trust me it's really hard to find some negatives in this game i really really struggled i had to sit down for a good three hours before ian even got here today scouring through the the rule book to to try and pick up on on a few things in there that they maybe have mis mistyped and stuff like that. I just couldn't find it. It is so well done. The 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 rule book is clear. I mean, I'm terrible at reading rule books, yet this rule book is one of the easiest I've ever read. It's Jason proof. It is indeed. It is indeed. You know, the nice big bold writing as well, um, for those that do struggle with reading the, the smaller text. Um, the the letters are not too bunched together, so it's it's easy to determine those words if you do struggle with that kind of thing. So yeah, positives all around, po- oozing positivity for this game. I think it's safe to say we like <laughs> Dinogenics and dinosaurs, and I'm happy to say I love this new expansion. It has added so much fun to the game. Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to this seeing the table again, and I don't think it'll take long. I don't. I, I can see us playing this within the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Uh, especially that co-op. Yeah. I'd also like to think this might be one of the ones to jump on the table the moment we get the clubs back up and running as well. Yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, I've I've had a few people that have uh, found out that I've got this game and, and they've already expressed interest in, in playing this. So The yeah. meeples are coming. The meeples are coming indeed. So is there anything else you want to you wanna add? About about Dynagenics in general or the new expansion? Only that I'm really looking forward to seeing what the co-op side of it is. As I said, this has been up there as one of my all-time favourite games I've owned. And it was lovely to see you jump at the chance the moment you saw the the expansion go on the Kickstarter. So we both now got the copies of it. Uh, we even both held off opening our Kickstarter pledges so that we could both go through it together. Um, just to see like what the differences were. I had the luxury of seeing all of the upgrades to the original ga- game, whereas you have the brand new second printing. Yes, yeah. Um, they even allowed you on the this second campaign to. I paid for an extra upgrade to replace my board with the new board. Um, they gave you all the replacement cards that they've changed because there was a few tweaks they've made to the original game. A couple of the manipulation cards have been either buffed or nerfed, depending on whether they were good or yeah. not. Um, and we both paid for an upgrade on to Metal Money, 
yes which was absolutely gorgeous yeah the, those the, the metal coins are fantastic they've got a nice weight to them they are quite they're still quite light considering they're metal but they're not lightweight metal it, it, it's, it's very just, hard to try and explain it but absolutely gorgeous they've got some fantastic artwork on there and i must um, admit it's one of the few sort of things i wasn't impressed with the, the base game is the cardboard money tokens don't actually look that great no it's but just the, a green circle with a number written on it yeah. isn't it but the um the ones with the dinosaur print on were really nice yeah card stock for the game just to touch on that since you brought up the money uh card stock of the game is beautifully thick you know, you sort of think when you when you think of a board game, most games when you come with a punch board, you're talking three millimeters thick. This is a good four, four and a half, maybe even five millimeters thick. So it is good, sturdy material for all your tokens, all of the the game boards themselves, and even some of the tokens are actually substantially thicker and they they feel wooden. I think they are wooden. Meatballs. So yeah, we might actually sort of have some wooden tokens in there as well. So that's. Another sign of quality for me. So, Ian, quick question. What's your favourite dinosaur in the game? I think it's still got to be the Rex. I went for it first again this game. <laughs> it does give you good uh, good uh, victory points on, the, on that one, doesn't it? I have to say another of my favourite ones for the um, base game is still the Ankylosaurus because it can be put in any pen. Yeah. Um, and I was impressed with some of the new mechanics on the new dinosaurs. The Gallimimus having the cheap cost to just spam out loads of them. Mm. I never got the opportunity to do that because I never got any of the DNA to later in the game, yeah. but I quite like that as an option. Yeah, I think uh, my favourite in the game has to be the goat. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I've got to admit, that's one of my favourite parts of it is the fact that you can now actually have a goat farm and there is a uh, a breaking news thing that actually benefits you if you had the goat farm so i benefited from that <laughs> games have been won and lost by running people out of goats by one park having no carnivores and all of the meat but yeah old joke aside my i think my favorite dinosaur is the do you think he saw us <laughs> i've got to admit i i think my new favorite for the game is probably the gallimimus just purely because of its new game mechanics and how you can get benefits from having multiple of them so yeah, I, my my new favourite is from is from the expansion. So yeah, so yeah, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap up our our little chat about uh, controlled chaos for Dinogenics there and hand over to our own dinosaur in the newsroom. <laughs> over to you, Paul. Well, hello, meeples. Thankfully, I didn't get punished too badly for last week's little outburst, and I do apologise for the beeps. They did, in fact, turn the Wi-Fi to the shed back on eventually. So here we go on what may seem like a little RPG heavy news week. A new online Dungeons and Dragons event is being held later this month over the weekend of the 18th to the 20th and will let players take part in campaigns based on the upcoming Icewind Dale Rime of the Frost Maiden adventure book. The event entitled D&D Celebration will focus on the RPG's community by providing opportunities to play Dungeons and Dragons 5e online, as well as shining a light on future releases for the RPG and giving various people involved in D&D a platform to talk about their experiences. While most events at D&D Celebration will be streamed live and for free, others will require players to get tickets beforehand. 
One of these ticketed elements is an Adventurer's League set of one-shot games, meaning that they're designed for a single session, based on the aforementioned campaign book Icewind Dale Rime of the Frostmaiden. Adventurer's League is a community organisation designed to help Dungeons & Dragons players find other people to start campaigns with, as well as planning various D&D events across the world in participating stores. As part of D&D Celebration, the Adventurers League will be running sessions throughout the weekend featuring a one-shot called the Great Knucklehead Rally, hosted by various Dungeon Masters. The scenario begins with players taking part in an innocent fishing tournament before things go inevitably wrong. To participate, players will need to pay for tickets beforehand and can choose between multiple online role-playing platforms such as Roll20 and D&D Beyond. Taking place alongside the Adventurers League's individual campaigns will be an epic campaign, an overarching piece of world-building influenced by the decisions of hundreds of players. The epic campaign will follow the same storyline as the Great Knucklehead Rally, but will change depending on the actions of every single party playing throughout the event. Tickets for both events can be purchased on the Adventurers League website. Entry to the Friday and Saturday Adventurers League games are $5 each, and tickets for the Saturday epic campaign are $10 each. All proceeds from both events will be donated to the charity Extra Life, which is dedicated to helping sick and injured young children through the video game and tabletop communities. On top of the campaigns, D&D Celebration will include a series of panels about Dungeons & Dragons and highlighting unique individuals in the community. There will be previews of future D&D products and a number of actual play sessions where people broadcast their role-playing games, streaming throughout the weekend with further announcements expected in the lead-up to it. Another story from the D&D universe is disability advocate Sarah Thompson publishing her 5e-compatible combat wheelchair. It's taken the D&D community by storm, and whilst there are always going to be those who dispute its existence, the wheelchair celebrates inclusion and is ultimately effective. The download with the rules is completely free and also available in a dyslexic-friendly font. The wheelchairs include things like super-tough wheels, the ability to float, attack and are magical. Equally, D&D lead writer Jeremy Crawford contributed to the narrative on Twitter by saying, D&D is in essence a co-op game in which we weave fantasy tales for our mutual bliss. If someone wants to play a hero in a wheelchair, for example, uphold their bliss, especially if that hero reflects their real life experience. We're all happier when we support each other like this. Representation in D&D has been called into question over the last year and in newer statements is committed to doing better. Though not D&D official, its creation has certainly sparked a discussion within D&D groups as to how best to make the game as accessible and representative as it can be with conversations ongoing. Since then, however, rather fantastically, Strata Miniatures has created a new line of wheeled heroes. You can purchase either the created version in resin or metal for £15, or the digital print file for £5, where 25% of the purchase cost will go towards Ella's Danlos support charity. These will be available from the 21st of September. The miniatures include an elf rogue, a human druid, a tiefling cleric, and a dwarf barbarian. The miniatures themselves look fabulous and the addition of rules such as these is a welcome change and upgrade. Fans of the Star Trek know the RPG has become as expansive as the franchise with additions to the core adventure book ranging all the way to the Gamma Quadrant. 
The newest addition to this vast range is that of Star Trek Adventures iconic villains non-player characters, celebrating all those villains we love to hate from across the galaxy. The eight villains announced are a Gorn Captain, Khan, Noonien Singh, General Chang, Q, Locutus, Law, Goldicat, and the Borg Queen. The edition is download only and is comprised of a 15 page supplement PDF available for $3.99 and can be downloaded directly from Modifius. If you wanted to splash out then you can also pick up the miniatures for the villains as the same 8 characters are available as the 32mm scale unpainted resin miniatures priced at $39.99. And we're heading over to Kickstarter again now. Uh, on the 8th of September comes Frostpunk. The original digital edition of Frostpunk is a highly successful strategy survival city builder and BAFTA nominee that originally launched back in 2018 by 11-Bit Studios, the creators of this war of mine. In Frostpunk, the board game, up to four players will take on the role of leaders of a small colony of survivors in a post-apocalyptic world that has been hit by a severe ice age. Their duty is to effectively manage both its infrastructure and citizens. The core gameplay will be brutal, challenging and complex, but easy to learn. The citizens won't just be speechless pieces on the board. Society members will issue demands and react accordingly to the current mood. So every decision and action bears consequences. The players will decide the fate of their people. Will you treat them like another resource? Are you going to be an inspiring builder, a fearless explorer, or a bright scientist? Is your rule going to be a sting of tyranny or an era of law and equality? The games for one to four players and set to keep you engaged for a good couple of hours at least. Ten years after its original release, Dungeon Fighter is back with two standalone expansions heading for Kickstarter on the 8th of September. The essence of the game is always the same. The good old cooperative gameplay experience with its crazy dice throws has been improved with streamlined rules. New boards, new dice, new heroes, new weapons, new monsters and more. Be a professional hero, explore the dungeon, face weird and ferocious monsters and fight your way to the final boss. To defeat those fiends you will need to use all of your focus and dexterity and throw the dice at the right spots of the main target board. Firstly, we have Dungeon Fighter in the Chambers of the Malevolent Magma, which sees our party of whimsical heroes thrown into the blazing depths of an underground volcano, trying to survive the fire-related shenanigans of these chambers with their trusty weapons, all on a new target configuration. Remember, try not to get burned on your way to victory. Secondly, Dungeon Fire in the Labyrinth of the Sinister Storms sees our party of heroes stuck in a dangerous jungle trying to survive the nature-related shenanigans of this labyrinth with makeshift weapons and super bouncy wooden dice. You'll have to prove your acrobatic skills to emerge victorious in this game. Both dungeon crawls will play 1-6 to six adventurers and take roughly an hour to play. The next game is Soul Givers. In the Soul Givers multiverse, two populations fight for the fragment, the remains of an ancient planet, as well as the only cure that can save them from a cosmic disease called decay. The clash between the two civilizations is harsh and desperate. The warring creatures can control the field, manipulate the elements, bend the enemy's will. All of it for just one goal. Retrieve and carry the fragment to their own portal, get back to their dying planet before anyone else does. Are you ready to save your world from extinction? Soul Givers is a strategy 
two-player game. The goal of Soul Givers is to capture the fragment, which is located in the centre of the board, and deliver it to one of your two portals. There are two populations fighting for the fragment in order to survive a dreadful illness, the Shells and the Spectres. Both factions are made up of a party of ten characters, each one of them characterised by particular abilities and or an aura. The two players face off playing three characters at a time. Soul Givers gets its name from the fact that when one of your heroes dies, they leave their soul imbued with the abilities on the battlefield. This soul can then be absorbed by your teammates of the fallen hero, an action that will gift them with those added abilities. Only the best and most strategic combination of soul givers and souls will allow you to save your population and that's for two players taking 30 to 60 minutes to play and is heading to kickstarter on the 15th of september well i've been paul thanks for visiting me in the shed no one else seems to and i look forward to speaking to you soon goodbye wakanda forever thanks for that paul Always good to hear the uh, the latest in the news, and uh, glad to hear that you're locked back in your shed. And the it. electric fence is back up and running. <laughs> you will start seeing uh, Ford Explorers coming through very, very soon. <laughs> but that's all from us this week, guys. I think we're going to leave it there. We hope you've enjoyed us talking about one of our, probably one of our favourite games, to be honest, for the past year or so, and having this expansion coming out was really good fun. We enjoyed sitting down playing it. If you guys would like to play it, maybe if we can get some events up and running soon, why not ask us? We'll bring it along. We'll gladly have a game with you on this. But those of you that do have it, how do you find the new expansion? What are your comments? Is there anything that we've failed on? Have we missed something? Just let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter by searching for the podcast, Recorded Gaming Community. You can even email us at community at gmail.com or you can join us on the discord for plenty of dinosaur um, themed shenanigans um, we still have our Monday night meet up meetups while we're waiting for the clubs to reopen and they're always a blast obviously if you are on the discord we're generally on there most evenings but Mondays is the night that you will almost guarantee to find at least one of us on we'll be playing games using the old tabletop simulator some PC games as well obviously we do enjoy that but thank you very much for joining us, guys. If you've enjoyed what you've heard today, please do leave us a review on whatever podcast service you do use. Share and subscribe as much as you can. Trust me, it really does help. Those of you that aren't aware yet, we are now on YouTube as well. Just search for Crawley Gaming Community. You'll find all of the backlog of shows that we currently have. And with that, I think it's time to let life find a way. <laughs> oh, hell, Malcolm. <laughs> My name is Ian. <laughs> Ian Malcolm you learned something new today guys I'm actually sat here with Ian Malcolm love it <laughs> <laughs> well thank you very much for joining us today guys we will see you next week for some more tabletop goodness play safe and uh, yeah we'll see you then have a good week bye bye bye